and welcome to the Friendly Ramp Podcast. My name is Seth Friend. I am here with Gabe O'Sullivan. Gabe O'Sullivan is a chiropractor. He is a father of three. Um, he is also one of the co-hosts of Lost Sons to Found Fathers Podcast and the author of two incredible books. The first being Thy Will Be Done that came out in what, 2012? 2012. 2012. And a brand new book, which is what we're going to be talking about today called Every Little Thing, Six Small Steps to Perfect Peace. We're actually sitting outside, so we're not in the rainforest or anything like that, but it definitely <laughs> sounds, sounds like it. Sounds like Rainforest Cafe, you yeah, know? That's right. Yeah, we, there's be no, nice. no animals are going to come out and start like dancing with us and everything. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> right. That, that dog earlier seemed like he wanted to join in. Yeah. So, man, that's really awesome. So, tell me about the Lost Sons, the Found Fathers podcast. Yeah. So, Lost Boys, the Found Fathers. Lost Boys. I'm so uh, sorry. That's all right. We're, we're close. So, yeah. Lost Boys, the Found Fathers podcast. Buddy Will Haycox and I uh, have been doing that for about a year. Uh, thanks to you, Seth. Seth helped us get going on that. Let us use his equipment for a while, and we appreciate that. Showed us how to use GarageBand to record and all that. Oh, yeah. And it was a big help in getting us off the ground. So um, what we do with that is it's a ministry to basically to dads that have lost kids. Uh, unfortunately, Will and I both have experienced that with our wives where we uh, had children that passed away prematurely too early. Uh, Will had a son that was stillborn at full term, uh, unfortunately, and then my wife and I had three children. Uh, we had triplet daughters back in 2005 that were born prematurely. Uh, one lived uh, three uh, months, one only lived three weeks, and then one only lived one day. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we, during that uh, time period, Will and I, you know, obviously learned some things that we felt like maybe other guys that might be going through a situation like that uh, could learn from and benefit from and so we're trying to pass that on because what we noticed was that there was just not a lot of material out there for the dad in that scenario you know a lot of material out there podcast books whatnot for the mama which is certainly completely understandable uh, but there wasn't really anything targeted towards the male Mm. and so we felt like we needed to fill that void and so we've uh, got about 35 or 37, something like that, episodes up. And you can find that wherever you get your podcast. Again, it's called Lost Boys to Found Fathers. That's awesome. I, uh, I think everybody probably when they hear that goes how in the world do you get to a place where you can, you can talk about it? You know, mm. t- tell me about that journey. Yeah, I mean, it was, I guess, difficult, you know, certainly. Uh, it's one of those things where... When you're going through a d- tough time as a believer, like what you're, what you have some hope is that God's going to be able to use that for some benefit. Like I sat down at lunch with a guy yesterday that has recently lost a son. Um, they had twins, and mm. they one twin totally fine, other twin was born lifeless, mm. and so they're having a hard time. That you know, the baby's only like four months old, and he was telling me at lunch. He said, you know my hope is that my son's life will matter. He was like, and, and I, I want him to, to do something with his life, uh, even though he's not here anymore, you know? And so even in that guy's difficulty, he's having that forethought of, mm-hmm. man, I want this, I want this life to matter. And so certainly I think there's part of it as a man is like, you want your kids lives to mean something to mm-hmm. this world, you know, not that they're going to be, necessarily famous or have their name you know in lights but that they're gonna make a difference for for the world for god's kingdom and 
so I think part of it is that you know we're, we're Will and I were like okay we want our kids lives to mean something like what you know and, and, and how can we be a part of that um, to, to pass on their legacy um, so it took us a while you know me 17 years mm-hmm. I mean really is, is how long ago that happened for Will it's not been but a couple years uh, and whereas uh, I had this inclination very early on that I needed to write a book and so even in the hospital when my wife was going through her preterm labor and we were trying to stop it I started journaling because I just felt like this needed to be recorded the emotions I was feeling needed to be put down on paper mm-hmm. like the experience <laughs> needed to be memorialized yeah. so to speak for ourselves but then as we got into it a couple months we had already lost two of her children third one's still trying to hang on she's in the hospital in the NICU uh, it was very clear that God had impressed upon my heart like hey you need to write a book and I need you to entitle it Thou will be done and put a question mark at the end of that because as I was praying over one of our daughters one day while she was going through cardiac arrest the doctors and nurses were trying to revive her and hmm. stop her from having a heart attack um, I, the only prayer that I could pray was the Lord's Prayer, you know, and so I just kept praying that, you know, not my will, but yours be done, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, and, and, well, I guess that would have been more along the lines of what Jesus was praying in yeah. the Garden of Gethsemane, but, um, I was also praying just the traditional, you know, Lord's Prayer, hallowed be your name, you know, your kingdom come, your will be done. Like, I just kept praying that because I just couldn't, I was kind of at the end of myself, couldn't pray anything mm-hmm. else. Uh, and so during that time, uh, afterwards, during that experience, the baby made it. She, they revived her. Her heart started working again. She lived a few more weeks, so that was that was cool. Um, but after that, like I had to have this period of introspection, where I was like, okay, what if she had not lived? Would I have, you know, would I have really meant your will be done? Because because she lived, it was kind of easy to be like, oh, yeah, okay, I want God's will to be done because it worked out for great, you know. But what if she had not made it? Well, ultimately, she passed away. The other baby passed away. The other one had already passed away. And so then it was like, all right, now the wheels are really turning. Like, okay, do I really believe what what I'm saying? Okay, And so for years, um, that developed, and God just worked in my heart to get down on paper what what he was working in me internally uh so that that came into fruition in 2012 we released uh, that will be done yeah um and the subtitle to that is trusting god in the midst of suffering pain or loss um, because i believe that there's some principles that we experienced during that time or that we learned about that can apply to any situation that someone might be going through where they're questioning god mm-hmm. um so because of that book, <clears throat> that's afforded me the opportunity to meet with different guys, th- you know, f- through the years. Not many, but a few that have gone through similar c- circumstances. That led me to Will. Uh, Will read the book after he went through his situation. Uh, he and Hannah with their with their son Gabriel, and then Will was like, "Man, I want to do something. Like, you know, can yeah. we start a group or something?" And and we came upon the idea of the of the podcast because we felt like. That was A, that was during COVID, so mm-hmm. you couldn't really get together with people so much. Yeah. And B, we thought maybe there'll be a greater reach than just 
you know, six dudes sitting in our living room, you know, talking about stuff. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I don't think I mentioned this in your introduction, but I remember growing up with you being my uncle. I didn't mention that. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least I don't think I did. It is, you know, 730 in the morning. And so right. I, uh, I, I remember moments of that experience for our family, you know, going through the loss of the triplets. Um, but you were writing that book not only when I was a sophomore in high school when that book came out. I remember reading it, and it gave me, obviously, perspective because, I mean, I was in 2005 I was eight years old and so I I vaguely remember like you know situations like I remember what was happening like I wasn't oblivious to it but it definitely opened the door but not only that like there's moments where I'll be talking with Connor and we use you and Aunt Ryan's like experience with that as a means to try to really say well their marriage made it through that situation you know whatever you know little petty thing that we might be you know getting in a, in a into a bump over right now we can definitely push through that and so um <clears throat> what was that like for you and, and aunt ryan going through all that yeah so uh definitely we grew closer during that time you know i mean like we were already close we we just had a great marriage man we yeah, had a great relationship like yes great, forever right? right so we started dating 11th grade and so dated for two years, you know, same high school, that kind of thing, going to church together. Then she went to USC in Columbia. I went to Clemson, go Tigers. <laughs> and uh, we, then she stayed down there. She graduated in three and a half years, stayed there, continued with her master's, took her about another year and a half. Um, after Clemson, I came back to Spartanburg and went to chiropractic college. So for basically four and a half years of our um, you know, college career, we're not in the same town, mm-hmm. you know, so we're like talking on the phone. And this was back in the day, Seth, where we had <laughs> landlines. Oh boy. Okay. My, my cell phone was only used in emergencies and it was like one of those army walkie talkie <laughs> things, dude. It was like this big and yeah. it was giant, you know, so it cost you like a dollar a minute. Or yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. It was like, you only use this if you're like stranded, yeah. you know, kind of thing. So we would have, uh, landlines in our dorm rooms that was charged long distance charges Man. so i remember yeah i remember one time she and i had for whatever reason during our relationship had a rough spot and i spent like an hour and a half on the phone with her and so they would charge you extra for calling from clemson to columbia because versus that, just doing local calls that was long distance that was called long distance <laughs> and so my parents got the bill for that uh and yeah. man, it did not go well man so <laughs> sure. i had to go work a lecture but anyway my point in that is saying that <clears throat> You know, we were we had this relationship because a lot of our our communication was just on mm-hmm. the phone. Yeah. Like we just got to know each other. You know, so we had a really good relationship. I believe that God put us together um, for sure. You know, I prayed for my wife. You know, mm-hmm. and she was the one man. I just believed it, and I know it. And so we had a good relationship. But man, during that time, you know, you have two options: you either grow closer or you can grow apart. Yeah. And we were in the hospital. Ryan had just delivered, and like the next day or something, the hospital sent around this massage therapist to all the um, mamas that were still in the hospital, like recovering from C-sections. Mm. And the massage therapist was like, give them a foot massage, like a leg massage, you know, yeah. kind of help with the swelling. And that girl, she was, uh, her name was Holly, and she said, listen, she was like, I heard about what y'all are going through. Uh, and she said, I just want to tell you that I went through a similar situation with my husband a few years back. She's like, and we didn't make it. Mm. She was like, 
we lost both we lost twins um and she was like our relationship just didn't last and she said i'm i'm just begging y'all she said talk to one another and she looked at me and she was like you're not going to want to talk to her because you're a guy and you're going to try to be stoic she was like but open up to your wife and then she was like and you have got to let him you know let him do his thing but you also got to let him yeah like let him open up to you and she was like an angel man you know speaking to us because mm-hmm. we didn't know how to handle the situation right yeah uh, but because of what she said you know we both made a concerted effort to communicate with one another and to draw closer to one another and so we did that you know i would check on her she would check on me um we would be real with each other with our emotions mm. and what we were feeling the questions that we were having and bro we just grew closer together during that time man and um we went a year and a half before we were before we were outside of each other's presence for for a night. Wow! You know, um, that's awesome. And so it was a it was a blessing that we grew closer. And so I just think we're our marriage is even stronger. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, there, you got two options: either you're going to go closer, or you're going to be like the uh, like Holly situation. Mm-hmm. And so that was one of the things that I really took away. I think that you know. I'm always fascinated with how God uses difficult situations in order to kind of, not even kind of, but to develop us and to to really not only use it, you know, for for missional aspects to share how, you know, Christ got us through difficult situations, but in a family sense, how it develops you to be able to rely way more on Him than like human reasoning, you know what I mean? And so like reading your book as a sophomore, you know, as your nephew that went through that, I remember reading it and <clears throat> just sitting there like recognizing like, wow, like it's one thing to read a book about that from some guy you don't know, but then to read it and to like see how you, you know, were vulnerable on the pages to be able to open yourself up and to, to talk about the difficult situations. I just think re- it, the purpose of the book was to, you know, have a wide audience and impact people to call it. and it did that it definitely did that for me that book was definitely pivotal i remember you came and spoke at fca at dutch fork high school oh, yeah. and i like was like let me get some copies because i'm <laughs> i'm gonna give them out to a bunch of i gave them one to like i gave one to a jewish teacher because <laughs> oh, wow. i was like you know i was like what's one way that i can like you know witness to her and love yeah. on her without with her reading it and she said she was my english teacher too and she uh she said she read it and uh she was like it was it was really hard like you know it was she she commended you and aunt ryan's strength to make it through that time and and so it was really awesome but you're writing a new book called uh every well you're not writing it it's already done but every little thing um six small steps to perfect peace what what is this book about yeah so man god just gave me this idea for writing this book years ago um, I love Philippians 4, 4 through 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. That passage. And it's always just meant a lot to me. And so for years, it kind of been on my heart like to flesh that verse out, those verses out, and mm-hmm. to write about it. Because I think that in those verses, there's some six small steps there mm-hmm. that are, or maybe five, and then there's a sixth one that's maybe not kind of related mm-hmm. to, the, uh, to the passage, but that tell us how we can have peace mm. and my goodness what a time in right. our lives right now that people are looking for peace right um so i went back and forth trying to, uh, for the past few years trying to put some stuff on paper and just couldn't ever get it down um mm-hmm. i wanted this book to be because it's talking about peace and joy and like i wanted it to be lighter you know like yeah. the other book is 
obviously super heavy um, and I wanted it to be kind of a light and fun and and, and, and enjoyable and again small because I think if you're going through a stressful situation you probably don't want to read this treatsy on you know how you can have peace it's like <laughs> yeah. 700 pages kind of thing like, yeah. like just give me the good stuff right yeah. um, so coming back from East Asia in uh, January of 2020 and we had a seven hour layover in an airport there and they had a really nice Starbucks and I they do have nice Starbucks over there man they do it was so in nice in East Asia they yeah they're legit. The service is actually a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> sat down, and the Lord just like started kind of pouring through me, like of what to write, and gave me the outline. And so, it took several hours there to to get down the outline, get verses together that you know were coming to my mind of what to write about mm-hmm. to kind of complement that Philippians four four through nine, and and so that's when it all came together, and then come home and 10 days later first thing you start hearing about on the news was this new virus that's coming you know whatever so you were over there right before it hit yes wow not in that town right in a different town so you know people were asking us like hey did you bring this back you know whatever so we're like no 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 we didn't we're good dude we were in wake forest the first place (laughs) for covid to hit the (laughs) of all the places on the east coast for covid to hit was wake forest county and that's where we were for seminary yeah man that is crazy this is terrible because you know it was a tragedy it was a tragedy but when it first happened uh connor had this friend come visit named Alyssa, and i told her i was like hey our neighbors they just you know they just came back from eastern asia and um they said they're not feeling like i was making a joke bro she started freaking out the next morning i told her i was joking she was like i was up all night texting my mom like i need to go home like and at the time i was like i was like oh man like it's not that big of a deal and then lo and behold two years later we're still talking about whether or not we were gonna be locked down again so like i remember when you know not to get off on a tangent but when uh when this first happened dr fauci was like yeah it'll be 2022 before we get back to normal and i was like get out of here and i'm like well, it's 2022. Like, you know, we're still talking right. about it. Still so. talking about it. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely bonkers. But that's crazy how God placed a, a book about having perfect peace no matter what situation right before a pandemic the, since yeah. the Spanish flu hits. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, right. That's, uh, that's pretty incredible. I, I know I've talked to you about, you know, how much I love creatives and writing and, and, and why this podcast was even made um, for people that love to write and make music and do podcasts and all that stuff. What What is it about writing that you enjoy so much? I mean, not many people write one book, let alone two. Mm. I think it's very therapeutic. That's mm-hmm. what I've noticed. Um, you know, just even back in middle school, you know, high school um, stuff that I write would write that I wouldn't ever share with anybody you know like poems or you know Mm -hmm. whatever um but it would if something would come up it would just be you know it would be therapeutic um also I think through the years journaling has been a big deal for me as I go through my quiet times because then that forces me to sit there and reflect on the word and not just rush through it Mm -hmm. and be like okay checkbox did that today now I'm gonna go on to my next thing like journaling has always meant a lot to me uh, and so, yeah, therapeutic makes you think, makes you reflect, makes you really, uh, you know, 
think about wh- what are you, what are you thinking? Like, mm-hmm. what are you? Why are you thinking what you're thinking? Like, what do you believe? Like, and why do you believe what you believe? So, being able to write these type of books has helped me with that. Yeah. Uh, and so, it's um, that's why I like it. That's why I love it. You that's know? awesome. And it's been it's been good for me. This obviously was good to work through during a very uh, challenging you know mm-hmm. time uh, in our in our history as well. And so I think it was it was good for me to be able to to get in the word and write these things down as we are literally as we our country was entering this you know lockdown phase and and whatnot like it was good just to be like hey yeah God's got this like well on top of all this you are also a small business owner doing Mm -hmm. all this you know pandemic and stuff I'm sure there was a lot of trials a lot of questions what how did you have perfect peace in the midst of having a small business while also navigating all the COVID protocols and stuff like that. Uh, I think one thing was that just having faith that God had us, mm-hmm. like we were going to be all right. Don't know how we were going to be all right, but we were going to be all right, mm-hmm. you know? And for us, I mean, we're blessed to live in a state that was very open, even in its lockdown, so to speak. Yeah. You know, we live in South Carolina and, Thank the Lord, Henry McMaster, you know, let us kind of keep doing business mm-hmm. as as we were. You know, we, as a chiropractic office, um, we were allowed to stay open so we could take care of people's, you know, spines. Like, we we were kind of apparently on the, on the chopping block as to a business that they might close. Mm. But then our st- uh, state association went, you know, to the governor's office and was like, hey, guess what happens if you close all the chiropractors? Now everybody who hurts their back is going to be flooding the emergency room. Yeah. Do you really want that? And he was like, uh, no, we do not want that. You know, because <laughs> yeah. the emergency room is going to be handling all these COVID patients, mm-hmm. right? Um, so they let us stay open, you know. So, That's man, awesome, that was just man. a blessing. We, The first week that the, all that went down, our business dropped 30% in a week. Mm. And we kind of stayed there for about two months. Uh, and then it just kind of slowly started picking back up. And then, praise God, we had a better 2020 than we had a 2019. <laughs> wow. uh, and so, and it's just continued to go from there. So, yeah, God's just favor was on mm. us. We're just thankful. Now, do you think that, you know, when I looked at some of the, the chapters, I like I like the, the first one, preseason is for a reason. Mm-hmm. What, I, without giving away all six steps, what what were some of the steps that meant the most to you i'm sure it's like you know saying like which child is your favorite (laughs) yeah but you know at the same time it's like you know which which chapters do you think carried the most weight you know maybe not for the person reading it but just for you wow so preseason for a reason that's a good one um because what that's basically kind of laying out is that everything we go through is because we're going to go through something else later Mm. um so Using the example of, and again, I'm not giving away the whole book, so please go pick it up and read <laughs> go it. Go buy but, it, please. Yeah, go yeah. buy and read it. But <laughs> where can they get it? I oh yeah, it. so um, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, um, BarnesandNoble.com, uh, and not necessarily this local store, but the the website, and then Apple Books as well. So it's electronic versions and and. You know, paperback, so yeah. you can get it. Get I can it do Amazon. my Johnny Carson thing real quick. I'll turn and face the camera. Yeah, there, there you go. go. That's what it looks get like anywhere. right there. Um, so yeah, so that's a good that's a good chapter because it just kind of lays out the framework of um, 
again, of, of that, of, of the fact that you're going to go through something that's going to help you get through something else. Just like when you're playing ball, you mm-hmm. know, I played high school sports and learned a ton of lessons through that. And one of the lessons was that uh, in basketball, October is going to be awful because all you're going to be doing is running your butt off. Mm-hmm. But you're doing that, so that way when you get to November, you're ready to roll in the season, right? And so that's kind of the, the premise there. Another um, chapter that, 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 that means a lot, I think, is I don't even remember I don't even remember what chapter it is and which step it is, honestly, <laughs> but there's a passage in there where we cover John 10 where Jesus is talking about how the sheep will know his voice, or the sheep know the shepherd's voice. And that meant a lot to me in writing it because um, a couple years ago, I was going through just some weird mental stuff. Don't even know really why, you know, I was going through it. Uh, And the thing that kept me in the game, so to speak, was that when these lies would come into my mind, then I would be able to taper that with, wait a minute, this isn't something that Jesus would be saying to me, Mm. right? And so let's not listen to that lie. Let's listen to the Lord. And, you know, Jesus talks about how, you know, the sheep know him, the, the, you know, the, the, the guard comes in by the gate, you know, the thief comes in over the gate, it's whatever he says. I'm sorry, I can't remember yeah, no, I know what you mean, everything. Yeah. And um, so that that meant a lot to me. And then another one that um, we'll kind of briefly cover is, is stop the comparison game. You know, I think that a lot of folks have no peace in their life right now, um, or one of the reasons is because they're trying to compare their life to everybody else's life that's on the Internet. Hmm. And man, I mean, like you even watch you even watch a TV show. My wife and I were watching American Idol the other night, and one of the uh, host guys he said something about, "Oh man, everybody on social media is going to be after me about this comment I just made." And I'm like, "Bro, you're a multi-million dollar selling yeah. artist. Why do you give a why do you care at yeah. all about what some random person says to you about you on the internet?" You Keyboard know? warrior. Yeah, so yeah. I'm like, I think a lot of folks are stressed because they care how many how many comments they have or how many, you know, whatever, or, or because their neighbor's vacation looks better than their vacation, you know, kind yeah. of thing. And, man, I just think if we get in there, and listen, I've, I've been there. I'm not judging folks because I've been oh, there, yeah. and I'll tell you about that. Bro, I go to a seminar and I see a chiropractor that's driving a nicer car than me. Has got a, a fancy watch on, and I think, oh man, he's such a better businessman than I am. I'm like, I, I shouldn't even be in this business, you know, because I can't compare to that guy. Mm-hmm. Well, so I, I've been there, you know. So I'm not judging anybody. Yeah. Uh, but it, but those are some chapters that mean a lot. Man, that's awesome. I think that it's got to be a very difficult thing, especially when you see like all the chiropractors on youtube and stuff like that now that you know are doing wild sometimes i watch them do do chiropractic where they take that rope and yank their head and everything and i was sitting there and i was like they probably think that 
my uncle Gabe has like some torture device in there that's going to jack him up, but it's really helpful for him. Like he doesn't have the rope, but you know, I, I sit there. You know, what I'm talking about where they put right. it on. The, they do the lift, but they pull the rope. I remember yeah, talking yeah, to you yeah. about that. You were mm-hmm. like, you know, pop their head off, man. Right? Like, yeah, that scares me a little bit. Yeah, he yanks that that whatever that is the uh-huh. Y strap, I think he calls it. But so you know, what is it that you think when? you go to these conventions or, you know, I'm just thinking about the person that's listening to this, that could be a small business owner or could be, you know, in their field and they're struggling. When they look at these six steps, what's the biggest thing that you're wanting them to take away from this? Obviously to have perfect peace, no matter what situation, Mm -hmm. but you know, how did you, what are some ways you implement this in your everyday life? Like, do you wake up and go step one, step two, or like, you know, how do you implement these six steps in your life? Yeah. So I think the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway is if you really want to have perfect peace, you have to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, Mm. period. Like that's it. Like, and I, and I spell that out very, very clearly in the book. So if somebody's listening to this and they don't, you know, they're not a follower of Jesus, and they're like, oh, man, this holy roller, here he comes. Yes, that is true. <laughs> I'm just telling you, yeah. like, that's what I believe deep in my heart. If you want to have perfect peace, you have to have a relationship with Christ. If you think you can get, attain that perfect peace by whatever means that, you know, that you can come up with, or even by following these steps without having a relationship with him, it's just not going to work. You know, Jesus is peace. Like, that's mm-hmm. where our peace is going to come from. Why is that? Because in him, we know that we have eternal salvation. Like, that's it. Like, without him, even though we may attain some level of peace in this life, we're going to be thinking about what about the afterlife, or we should Mm -hmm. be, you know, because one day this life is going to end. You are going to die. That's why graveyards are full. And if you don't know where your eternity lies, or if you wonder if there is an eternity, then deep inside you, even if you recognize it or not, you're going to be in turmoil. It's just the way it's going to be. You're going to be stressed. You're going to be more on edge. I mean, that's just the way it's going to happen. I don't care what anybody says. They're lying if they're telling you that that it's different. Um, Take case in point. Go to East Asia. Go visit some, some, uh, you know, Buddhist temples. You see the monks that are there. Those dudes are... They seem they might seem peaceful, you know, because they're just walking around wearing robes in you know forty degree weather kind of thing. Like us, oh, they must be, you know, they're not stressed out about being cold, right? Yeah. Um, or like the Jimmy Buffett song says, "I'm I'm not cold, I'm just not hot," you know. So maybe that's what they're thinking. Like um, but if they don't do all of those prayers, if they don't do all of the up downs to the God, if they don't go out and get money to bring back and stick on the Buddha's, you know cheeks or whatever like then like there's never enough they can never do enough to gain that that um, assurance that they're going to be okay in the next life well as Christians because of what Christ did for us on the cross we don't have to do anything Hmm. like we just have to submit to him repent of our sins and allow him to be the king of our life and lord of our life because he did it all for us right he paid the price on the cross for our sins so that we can have a relationship with Christ that's what brings us perfect peace. Knowing that we can't do enough to attain his grace, he just gives us his grace. You know, mm-hmm. so that's the number one step. Um, so knowing that I have a, a, that my salvation is secure in secure because of Christ, that gives me peace. I'll say one of the other steps that I implement, and we talk about the, in the book, is replace the negative with positive. And so, what does that look like? <clears throat> I have a, a list on my phone in my notes that's called positive words. And so I just just wrote like 30 
yeah. positive words like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Um, you know, going through the fruits of the yeah, spirit yeah, here, yeah. right? But like humbleness, integrity, victory, strength, power, wisdom. Like, I just wrote a bunch of good words, okay? That I'm like, you know what? These are the words that I want my life to be characterized by. Mm-hmm. And so, daily, I will, or, or if not daily, five out of seven days a week, I'll pull up that that list and read those words to so just flood my mind with positive thoughts. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes, man, even like this morning, for some reason, the first thing I woke up, I just started having these thoughts about what this person said to me yesterday or what some other person said to me five years ago. And it's like, why am I, God, why am I having these negative thoughts the first thing I wake up today? So what did I do? Well, I, I got up, got ready, came downstairs, got on my knees, spent some time with prayer and prayer with the Lord. And, um, that helped, right? But then yeah. also I started thinking about those positive words, you know, mm. love, you know, compassion, right? So replacing that negative with positive. And also on that um, same vein, in that notes list, I have a bunch of scriptures that I call like are my power scriptures, right? Like and so that. I'll just go and read those as well, um, just so that way I'm flooding my mind with good. And man, most recently, dude, I've just, I haven't looked at the news since we went to Captiva. Nice. That week, I was just like, you know what, I'm going to take a break from, from looking at the news, and that's been nice. You know, <laughs> I, I feel like kind I of a moron because I nice. don't like, no, yeah. I don't no, know I'm what's going you. on in the world right now, but at the same time, I'm like, what the heck am I going to do about it anyway, man? Yeah. You know, except pray, mm-hmm. right? So, no, absolutely. Yeah, I sit there <clears throat> in your office towards the back, um, in the main, like in the main hallway area, you have that that giant vertical picture that mm-hmm. has like all like the negative phrases. Like, yeah. Um, for example, we've never done this. One of the ones that jumps out to me is always is like, we've never done this before. But the positive way to say it is like, we have an opportunity to try something new. Yeah. And like, I think what frustrates me is people think that you're just you know you have negative Nancys. I don't know what the positive one is. Are you being a positive Pete or something like that? Or you're just right. when people think you're being you know un. Uh, unrealistic or idealistic when you're being positive i think it's very unfair because you know proverbs the bible teaches us specifically that words definitely have power i mean someone said something to you five years ago every person and everybody can think about a time when they were in elementary school and some person was like you smell like syrup or something like that you were you were sitting there and you're like dang it i'm the syrup kid you know i I was not the syrup kid thankfully but you know we all we all had the syrup kid dude that's funny because you know what i still think every day not every day a lot of days when I'm working out I think about these two girls and I love these mm-hmm. girls dearly Keisha and Shay mm-hmm. I was in 6th grade and they were like your thighs are touching <laughs> and so I'm like 6th grade bro so I'm still thinking about I gotta work out so my thighs don't touch so again Keisha and Shay like can't, Keisha yeah. and Shay can't yell at you yeah That's absolutely funny. your thighs so, are touching oh thank my you goodness. Keisha and Shay for pushing me to work out hard that's, every day. That's right. That's yeah. hilarious. I'm going to think that. Now, my thighs touch already. That's going to motivate me. If there that's the go. standard, I'm behind. Yeah, that's a, that's yeah. but we all think about phrases and words that were said to us that definitely that impact us in such a way that one person in your family, especially from a family member, 
can can say something to you either out of a moment of where they think they're being helpful or maybe out of a moment of vindictiveness or, or just mm. pure bitterness where they say something with you that's going to stick with you forever you know it's a sword wound i mean the it says the bible is this um the word of god is a sword that pierces uh the flesh all the way down to the bone and into the marrow right mm. and uh it's a double-edged sword it was the same thing well what is it well it's the word of god well how do you hear the word of God where you read it out loud. So when you read the word of God out loud, it it pierces you right Mm -hmm. in a positive way. Well, words have, it's a double edged sword. So words have such a power that it can also be used harmfully, you know? And, and I think that we oftentimes think that the only way for words to hurt us is for it to come from other people. When in fact, a lot of times we hurt ourselves with words, with how we speak about ourselves. Yes. And it frustrates me that positivity and taking a moment, um, for example, for you to look at your situation with the triplets and to look at that and say, you know what? God blessed us by causing us to go through that um, because it, it enabled us to be able to sit there and recognize that we had. Um, are you shaking your foot? Sorry. No, you're bro. fine. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> you're good. I have like, I'm always nervously no, twitching. So. No, you're good. I was sitting there in the headphones. It was going. No, you're good. No, but you sit there and we. We hear these double-edged. Um, yeah. We hear these words that that definitely. Um, no, what I was saying. The positive. Cut us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, it just frustrates or me. Help that, us. Yeah, yeah. It just frustrates me that people treat positivity as something that's unrealistic. That if a situation is bad, that you can't look at it and say, "Oh, you know what? Like this could be a moment for me to grow." Mm. You know what I mean? And it's like you do that with a barbell you look at a barbell and you can either say wow that's going to be really heavy or you can say you know what if i if i lay on my back and i push this a bunch it, i'm going to get some nice pecs you know or if i squat it my thighs won't touch and so <laughs> and so uh you know i think that that's something that i think is so important so and let me i'm going to jump in because yeah. i love what you're saying there and i totally agree with it and it makes me think of this book which I highly recommend by John Gordon called The Power of Positive Leadership. Mm-hmm. I, I read a little bit in that book every day. might just be one page, but I've read it now a bunch for over the past couple years. Uh, and there's just always something I'm getting out of there. Uh, and so highly recommend it. John Gordon, Power of Positive Leadership. And one story he tells in there is about this doctor, some kind of medical doctor guy that was like, did all these triathlons. And one at one week or something like that the dude did like three triathlons like Mm. back to back to back or something just ridiculous and he was like 55 years old and somebody asked him i was like how do you how do you do this like how do you keep pushing your body at your age you know particularly Mm -hmm. at your age it'd be hard for a 25 year old to do three in a row much less a 55 year old yeah and he said i talk to myself I don't listen to myself. Mm. And I was like, man, that's deep right there. You know, because, so take that for what it is. Talk to yourself, don't listen to yourself. Yeah, and I think, you know, even taking that, putting it into a Christ-like perspective, you know, we often think meditation is emptying the mind. I mean, like it is. Eastern meditation is emptying Mm. the mind, but Christian meditation is filling the mind with God's Word. And and I think that that's something that we lack in our in our devotional uh, practices is that the quiet time doesn't end once you put the Bible down and you walk away. Mm. You know, when it says in First Thessalonians five to pray without ceasing, well, what is prayer? Well, it's just being consciously aware of God's presence. Well, what are some ways I can be consciously aware of God's presence? Well, 
one, looking at things through a Christ-centered perspective of every situation I'm going through and enduring is a means for me to glorify Him, but to know Him more intimately. But the only way that I'm going to be able to look at the the world that way is if I fill my mind with Scripture, like Romans twelve yeah. two says, like, "Do not be transformed to the ways of this world, but be or excuse me, do not be conformed to the ways of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind." And so I think, man, in a in a time where Peace seems to be my my dad said uh, COVID killed happiness or COVID killed kindness. That's what he said. Hmm. And in a world where kindness seems to be few and far in between, having some steps to find perfect peace seems like something that's really important. Do, is there anything that you would want to add in, on to just like when it comes to to having perfect peace in your life? I think the only thing I would add is just take what I said to heart like if you don't know the Lord Mm. like seek him like he said you seek me you'll find me right he will be found how do we do that through the scripture right Mm -hmm. read his word find somebody that knows him has a relationship with him and ask them what's it look like to follow Christ you know and just do that like you that's a decision somebody will never mm-hmm. ever regret right i can speak from personal experience and so that would be the the thing i would say start there um and maybe a starting block would be to read this book because we talk about in the book some of that mm-hmm. you know and it's a small book it's only like 55 pages you can read it in a day easily uh, and so it's not going to be super overwhelming, and hopefully it'll it'll mean something to you. Awesome, Uncle Gabe. Where could people find you if they wanted to reach out to you and talk to you about this? Well, I am uh, not the best on uh, the web internet, so I apologize <laughs> for that. But yeah, do, we do have a Facebook page up, just a personal yeah. Gabriel Sullivan. Um, Instagram is you're probably you're not going to find me on Instagram. It's too weird of a name um, <laughs> to find me there. I don't have a book up. I don't have like a site for the book yeah. or anything like that yet. But um, also, the Lost Boys, the Found Fathers podcast, Will does a good job of keeping up Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook um, pages for that. Mm-hmm. That will be done. Uh, book also has a um, Facebook page um, nice. as well, and so you can find me on the web internet there there you go awesome well, thank you so much uncle gabe for coming on and thank you man talking about this book and talking about you know that will be done and just everything with, with your life and what the lord's done it's been a real blessing to watch but also been a real blessing to read about and just give me deeper understanding so thank you appreciate you and what you're doing man love you and proud of you thank you well hey everybody thank you so much for tuning in this week and listening do me a favor go ahead and scroll to the top of the podcast page on spotify or apple wherever you're listening leave a review give five stars if you want maybe you can leave three stars but preferably five stars go ahead like and subscribe and go ahead and share it with a friend let's Let's keep the ball rolling. Let's keep it moving. And uh, we're closing in on the end of Season 2. More information about Season 3 will be coming out soon. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you next week.